0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm
1: Kelly. And
0: we're continuing to celebrate our love of horror event and Women in Horror Month by watching A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night from 2014. We are also still running our donation campaign to WAVA, Women Against Violence Against Women, with all Patreon pledges of this month of February being donated to that charity which fights sexualized violence against women. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie.
1: So we created a cocktail that would be bloody, but also allowed to be drank in Iran.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This episode is going to feature discussions about sexualized violence. So if that's something that you don't need to hear today, no worries. Take a step back from this episode.
1: I made the cocktail this month. Yeah. This.
0: this month? This whole month? you stole it from me?
1: Oh, man. I am so sick now. I think I caught whatever you had before. So I'm going to be like...
0: Your brain is like non-existent.
1: Yes. Completely dead. It's running in black and white this episode, so...
0: Well, that fits with the movie, it so does. that's good.
1: It was specifically for this movie. I'm
0: surprised you didn't make a black or a white cocktail.
1: Turns out it's really hard to buy activated charcoal this late at night. Were you, were you going to do that? I was thinking of it, yeah.
0: Ah. Oh.
1: But I, A, don't know where to buy it, and also didn't think of it until super late, so. Eh, that's okay. I, I'm a vampire. I can't just go to a, sh- a mall and buy things now. In the middle of the day. Yeah, exactly. So I actually did some research. I was looking up Serbian cocktails, and it turns out that in Iran, it's actually illegal to buy and sell alcohol. So we've been talking about it for a while, but I actually made a mocktail for this episode. Yay! And I call it, are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Virgin Clot Tail, because it's a blood clot, and it's virgin.
0: So a virgin clot tail?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Heh. Cause it's a virgin drink. It's got no alcohol in it. <laughs> plot uh, tail. That's kind of gross, though. Clot tail. <laughs> Bloody. Yuck. I mean, it's a. It's about vampires. So I tried to make. A, so okay. So this is gonna sound bad, but much like vegan and or vegetarianism, if you ever try to make something that ordinarily has like meat in it, but it's vegetarian, I think it immediately has to taste way better. Than the meatful version Otherwise what's the what's point? What's the
0: point? Why yeah. would you do it?
1: So if you're gonna like Be inclusive and make a mocktail for people It should not in- Gotta be a good one Yeah it should automatically taste better Than something with alcohol in it It tastes
0: so good You Th- made a char drink for sure Thank
1: you It's extraordinarily fruity
0: It's so fruity so sour I like the color of it too Because it's like dark red Like it's blood that's been left out You know?
1: Yeah it kind of looks like when they show up at the crime scene and there's, they like draw the... the, the Chalk ch- outline. Yeah, and the blood is splattered, but it's like brown now. Yep. And it also looks like what I imagine the color of blood in black and white movies looks like when they're filming it because it's got to look darker.
0: You know the, the typical thing of them using chocolate syrup a lot.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they did that in Psycho. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. So I wonder if they use chocolate syrup in this movie. Maybe. I wonder if you've got a trivia fact about that.
0: Hmm? Mm. No, sorry, listeners, okay. I do not. And sorry, Kelly, <laughs> I do not.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, the base is um, pomegranate, which is what gets that like
0: reddish, sickly red look. I th- I don't want to make it sound like it doesn't look good because it does. It just is brownish red. It's like a burgundy color.
1: Yeah, which well. was. My intent. Yeah, it looks nice. I was aiming for that color. I didn't want, like, beautiful red. And then, yeah, it's, like, various... It's very fruity and um, other ingredients. But there's no alcohol in it. I was thinking of being, like, if you want the option to put alcohol, I would give it. But no, this is... Our first mocktail, and I want it to be featured heavily, that we will do non-alcoholic cocktails if you are out there and do not drink alcohol.
0: Hell yeah. So Especially, this- which is funny, because our next episode, it won't come out chronologically, but our next one's going to be our live episode. And it's at a real convention center, so we cannot have alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm making it for that one, and it's going to be, <gasps> listeners, I can tell you, I'll just, it'll be a surprise. You will know before everybody else, <laughs> ooh, it's just going to be blue Gatorade. Because it's at a convention and everyone's gonna be sick and everyone's gonna be gross, so the base is gonna be blue gatorade. Okay, I was like,
1: "Are you gonna mix it with something, or are you just gonna hand me like a bottle, like of berry blue, blue <laughs> berry blue blast, or something like that?" No,
0: I don't want to give too much away, that's but that's fair. the start of it. And it, and the fan expo logo is blue, so it just works out.
1: We actually talked about our panel on our last super hopped up episode. Oh, and they suggested that we just serve alcohol. And that nothing helps market and um, give a good name to our podcast than being kicked out of a convention center. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So if we get photos of us like being dragged oh, out by security. Oh, I see. Yeah.
0: Very popular in the media. Exactly. Who are these hooligans?
1: We could go trending. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be two mocktails, possibly in a row. But I don't know when we're releasing our live episode. Yeah. Maybe well, you, we- might,
0: you might see it. You might come to Vancouver.
1: That's true. You, you might
0: already be here.
1: You have two or three days to plan to go to the Fan Expo. When
0: we're recording this.
1: (laughs) Yes. Or when this comes out. But um, yeah, I'm glad that the first mocktail worked out.
0: It's so nice. I like it. It gives you like a tingly feeling at the back of your throat, like at your soft palate area.
1: Mm, That's called being sick. And the vitamin C is just fighting that illness. (laughs) It's also got a nice smell, body smell. Like when you stick your nose into it, it it really smells good.
0: The fact that you think I can smell anything at this point is uh, beyond me.
1: Well, listeners out there. It (laughs) smells good. Plug in your (laughs) smell-o-vision. Plug that into your podcast player of choice. We now have metadata on the smell of the drink. (sighs) Mmm, breathe it in.
0: (sighs) It's also kind of flowery.
1: Ooh, I wonder why. Why? (laughs) Because there's there's rose water in it. (laughs) (laughs) That was mostly the smell I was going. It's like... It's like fruity flower smell. Nice. Yeah, it's very good.
0: Do you think it smells like any of the characters?
1: Uh, No, I imagine that the girl smells like dry, crusty blood most of the time. That's fair. And Maybe I, it
0: smells like Addie.
1: Addie? Oh, The, the uh,
0: prostitute.
1: Oh, yeah, maybe.
0: She probably smells good.
1: That's true. It definitely doesn't smell like the dad, who probably smells like B.O. and drugs.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that drug smell that we know so much about.
1: I mean, we live downtown. We get to smell it quite often. <laughs> We also wanted to let you know that today marks the last week that our audience feedback survey will be open for submissions. Tell us what you really think. Go to bit.ly slash DAS survey 2019.
0: Even though it's 2020 now, but the link is already made.
1: It's not like we can make a new bit.ly link really easily.
0: (laughs) Also, don't shut up. That was mean, but no. (laughs) All right, let's move on. So this week we watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which came out on January 19th, 2014. It's written and directed by a lady director, Anna-Lily Amirpour. I don't know exactly how to say her last name. So that sounded pretty close. I, I put it in a French tone and I don't think it's French. And, and <laughs> So, synopsis time. In Bad City, Arash is a young man that lives with his father, Hossein, a drug addict. Arash is a hardworking young man, and one day he drives home in his beautiful car that he worked so hard for and brings home a stray cat. It is this day that the drug dealer and pimp Saeed takes Arash's car to pay the debts of his father's drug habits. Later, we see Saeed abuse the prostitute Addie, stealing her take of the cut of the evening and forcing her to pleasure him in his car. A mysterious figure watches from the distance and scares Saeed, making him leave Addie alone. Later that evening, Saeed meets a young, quiet and lonesome woman while walking home for the evening and takes her home. She watches as he does multiple lines of cocaine on his coffee table and dances erotically, very strangely at her in his living room. Eventually, she sucks on his finger just as Addie had previously done in his car until surprise. She bites his finger off. This young girl is a vampire that preys on evil and abusive men. Meanwhile, Arash steals a pair of earrings from one of his employer's daughters and goes to Saeed's house to get his car back. He sees the young woman leave the house and finds Saeed dead inside. He takes this opportunity to take back his car and steals Saeed's briefcase filled with drugs and money. He goes to a party, dresses Dracula to sell drugs to ravers, where he's convinced to do the drugs himself by the employer's daughter. High on ecstasy, Arash wanders through the streets, completely lost, and stumbles into the vampire. They share a moment together, and she brings him home with her, where they have a very deep connection, enjoying music in her room, and yet no physical intimacy is shown on screen. The next evening, Arash arranges a meeting with her to give her the earrings he stole and realizes her ears aren't even pierced. So he pierces her ears for her. This is where she tells him that she has done very bad things, but she does not disclose that she is a vampire. In the morning, Hussein trashes the pictures of his wife, destroys parts of the house and yells at Arash about the cat. This forces Arash to throw the rest of the money and drugs at his father's feet, telling him to leave if he wants to. Hossein takes the cat and goes to Addy's house, where he abuses her and forces her to do drugs with him. The vampire attacks Hossein in defense of Addy, killing him. And soon, Arash finds the body of his dumped father and decides to run away from Bad City with the girl, who has the stray cat in her apartment. They drive off together. Arash pulls off the highway and stops, has a short and silent panic attack about the circumstances they're in, and then decides to ultimately get back in the car and drive off to his new life with the girl whom he knows killed his
1: father. That's real love. While you were reading that, I had to clean up Buddy's poop because it really (laughs) smelt bad. So, (laughs) Buddy, (laughs) in the background, I was just running back and forth while you were talking. That's funny. Yeah, but it's a very good synopsis from what I heard. It was
0: really long, but I felt like there was, I didn't want to distill it. Like, it's easy to distill Bride of Chucky, but this, I thought, like, there's just something about the paces of each part of the story that really brings it all together.
1: Yeah, there's also not too much plot going on, because each of the scenes are extended very long for... Dramatic effect. Mm -hmm. So you can pretty much do what you did and describe every scene as moment to moment with the amount of plot that was in each of them.
0: Hit me with that trailer audio. I like the music in it. It yeah. made it feel very westerny.
1: I think, well, it's intended to be a western
0: ah. they
1: they quoted as the first Iranian vampire western, okay. Um, I really like that trailer. It's like as artistically done as the movie itself. Yeah. Even the like, title coming up looks... A, it looks like a Western mm-hmm. in the same way that... Typography like, and like... Yeah. It's like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Well done. And yeah, they used a really good track for that trailer. I liked it.
0: I was a fan too.
1: I also didn't realize until we actually started watching that this was a Vice movie. And Vi- Vice is known for doing really good exposés. I'm pretty sure they're not bad... But it's been a while since I've been abreast on their like.
0: I thought Vice was the TV channel that's like Vice for men, boobs everywhere. Vice.
1: No, that's Spike.
0: Oh, the one that
1: did like the the Max the what is it called? Um, well, they did the Average Joe Show, which was the one where the guy is the only contestant yeah. of a reality show. Mm-hmm. And then they did just a bunch of like, yeah, boobs everywhere. The Man Network.
0: Spike. You're right. It was Spike.
1: I liked Spike because it was funny, but didn't realize how toxic it was until, you know, <laughs> Much later. got older. But no, Vice is known for like going into like war zones and impoverished countries and stuff and doing like really, really good journalism. Oh. So the moment I saw the, the Vice, opposite of
0: what I exactly. anticipated,
1: <laughs> you know, the opposite of boobs, journalism. Yeah. But yeah. So when the moment I saw that logo pocket pop up, I was like, ooh, intriguing. This is definitely one of those movies that I've been meaning to watch for a while. So I'm glad that we did it for the channel.
0: Hell yeah. The channel? Look at you. You, you, You're super hopped up is showing.
1: Again, very sick. Where are we? (laughs) Are we recording right now? Are we in our house? Are we out on the street with a skateboard? I don't know. I see cameras everywhere I go. I always assume (laughs) I'm being recorded.
0: Well, let me stop you right there as I jump into my first point, which is this movie starts out with... I want to call it a cold open because it kind of is, but it's not a TV show. But anyways, where uh, Arash is walking by a pile of dead bodies. And when we were watching this, you said, wow, that's a lot of dead bodies. And I went, oh, because (laughs) watching it, I thought it was like trash. It's in like a ravine, not a ravine. What would you call that? Like a ditch? Yeah, ditch. And um, I literally just thought it was garbage that in there, like piles of garbage. But then, no, it's uh, men.
1: Yeah, it's men's dead bodies. While we were watching it, I intentionally didn't say, wow, that's a lot of bodies for a while. Because the moment the shot happened, I like saw the legs and corpses and stuff like that. And I was like, I wonder if Char notices. So I waited for a while and you didn't react. So I was like, casually, I was like, that's a lot of corpses. And then you're like, oh, my God. Yeah.
0: And we see, um, wait, I lost my train of thought with my point. Oh, yeah. I had a joke, but it's ruined. Wait, let me think about what I would just said.
1: Were you gonna make a joke that men are trash? Was that, that what the was that, that, that was the, the, joke? the joke? That was the I was joke
0: you It was that there was trash in there. Yeah,
1: I got it. So <laughs> that was a long trip for that joke.
0: Shut up! It's so true. Oh well. Um, but then we also see that she, like, I don't want to say all oh, men are trash. I mean. Yeah, but
1: uh, (laughs) it's an easy, broad statement to make. Yeah. The only ones that are going to be offended are the ones that are.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Um, But then they show us that the girl who's killing these men, she specifically targets people who are awful. Yeah. Like men who are awful specifically. And we see we see the girl kill Saeed in his house. But. Like they did such a good job of making us hate him. Oh, yeah. I said it out loud while we were watching it. Um, Usually I try to refrain from commentating as we see a movie, especially for the first time, because Kelly likes to be immersed. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't stop myself from (laughs) saying, wow, they did a (laughs) great job of making us hate him. Um,
1: Do you have a fact about who he was based on? No, because I saw one um, because I was originally going to do the facts for this one. But they intentionally wanted Saeed to look like Ninja from Dantewada, so he's got like the weird side shaved head yeah, with like that's the so tattoos odd. and stuff, and uh, the Arabic lettering on the side of his head. Do you want to know what it says? Yeah, pimp. Nice
0: because that's his job he's just got his job title tattooed on his head
1: yeah it's like if i had programmer written written across my forehead oh boy i mean he does have english he has sex written right across like his collarbone i
0: so it was like right on his throat not even on his collarbone i so wanted her to like just like dig into that (laughs) oh man there's a
1: lot there's a lot of english word sex written in this movie yep yeah it was interesting
0: I did want to point out, though, that we see the girl kill a lot of bad men because she also kills Hossein at the end after he like forces the prostitute to do drugs, which is one of my worst things to see or like nightmare about is someone someone making me do drugs. I hate that. I don't like drugs. It scares me. I've never done drugs. Alcohol is my drug. Yeah. <laughs> and yet I'm not even drinking alcohol right now.
1: I mean, someone forcing you to drink alcohol would still be a problem. Yeah. Yes. But
0: then I wanted to point out that we see her kill a homeless man and we don't get any. I wonder if it's a deleted scene. I didn't find anything out about this, but that man didn't do anything. He was just homeless. Well, and I figured it, it
1: was like a, like a hunger thing because it was the night after she met uh, Arash
0: so she didn't kill anybody.
1: Yeah, so she was just hungry. So it showed that like she didn't have time to go find a terrible person and probably felt bad about having to eat a homeless man. That's fair. It's uh it's also a vampire the masquerade thing where if you can't get that sweet sweet rich blood, you sometimes have to eat homeless people. Oof. But you can leave them alive in that game. So mm. I
0: wonder if you can leave if she could choose to leave people alive.
1: That's true. We never explicitly See her, maybe leave she didn't alive. kill the
0: homeless man. Maybe, maybe she just drank some and left him there. And here's he,
1: hoping who knows? They didn't frame it like she left him alive. No,
0: they did not at all. <laughs> and my next point is a story time point. Ooh. because right at the beginning of this movie, after Arash, um gets home and like the drug dealer comes and shames him about his father and then steals his car. He like follows the drug dealer out of the house and it gets mad and he punches a brick wall as hard as he can. Hell yeah.
1: That's what men do when they're angry. And
0: then he just looks down at his hand and is like, ow. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not what would happen. So let me tell you a story that I know. About some violence of men. It did not happen to me. It happened to a floor. Um, So in acting school, when you're doing a monologue work and just trying you'd use different tactics to get yourself to the place that you need to be to present certain speeches, either in plays or like one-on-one classwork and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching a guy from my John Abbott College shout-out theater group work on a monologue, and he's really supposed to get angry. And so our teacher decides to get mats out, and she puts them on the floor, and she layers, like, four mats because they're kind of thin.
1: Yeah, those, like, elementary school mats that you bring out when you play dodgeball and stuff. Yeah,
0: not the, like, thick, like, three-inch ones, but the skinny ones. not the ones
1: for jumping off buildings.
0: Yeah, And then um, she's like, I want you to beat up somebody, like beat up the mats as if it's someone while you're saying this monologue. And he's like, okay. And he starts his monologue and he's beating up the mats and he's doing real good. And then he like throws parts of the mats across the room. And then he keeps on beating the mats and he throws another (laughs) across the room. So there's only one very skinny mat left. And then there's this moment where the room goes into slow motion and he lifts up his hand and I wanted to yell like, stop, but I didn't. And he punches the floor on that mat, which is basically non-existent. And he shattered all of his hand. Like, um, it's not metatarsal. The part that's like your palm, all the bones in your palm broke. And then he had to get like pins and like surgery and stuff. Eventually, Arash gets, um... A cast on his hand.
1: Yeah, when he gets the money to afford going to the doctor.
0: But like, yeah, you could visually see how broken his hand was. And it was just it was still padded floor Mm -hmm. and he punched a brick wall. So I thought that was a bit silly.
1: Well, he's a Western hero. They're a little bit tougher than than acting school Angry boys.
0: <laughs> That's true. He does have to match the strength of our awesome girl. Yeah. Whose name we never learned. So I feel a bit weird calling her girl. The but,
1: girl. But yeah, she's, she's, she's the m- girl. She's more honorific. It's the girl. But <laughs> I actually always like when they do stuff like that in the movie where normally if, I don't know, like an action movie or something like the hero punches a wall out of frustration. It's just as for a dramatic effect. But I always like in in like Westerns or like art house movies where stuff like that has an effect on the rest of the movie because he does spend the entire rest of the movie in a a cast. cast? And it's just like this character flaw, basically, that now part of his costume design is I have a cast on. That's very true. Even if it didn't really seem to affect him too much.
0: I wonder if that's partly why she doesn't attack him.
1: Because he looks just timid with his
0: which is funny because he has the bad boy look for sure he has a rebel without a cause look he's got the greased hair the white t-shirt the black leather jacket
1: yeah but that that almost seems like a front yeah it totally is he is basically just like a sweetheart yeah so for sure i think his dracula outfit is more indicative of him just being this huge dweeb that's probably why she fell in love with him because she has she th- secretly had a thing for Dracula
0: because it's
1: an it's another vampire.
0: Hard wink.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but before we get to the relationship and how amazingly adorable it was, I have one more point about another scene that comes up and I actually didn't include it in my synopsis. I didn't include the little boy in any of my synopsis. Oh, yeah. But this, I think, was the scariest scene in the whole movie for me. It's not a jump scare movie, but there are some horrific incidents that happen in it. So basically, as the the girl is walking somewhere in Bad city in the evening, she comes across this little boy and then she like spooks him. what she does with every person that she crosses, regardless of gender or age, she always spooks the people, but then she sees how they react and she's really scares him and she keeps asking, like, are you a good boy?" And he's like, yes and then she's like, don't lie to me and she like gets all up in his face what and did like she say
1: like, I'll pluck your eyeballs out or yeah, something? I can f-
0: feed them to the dogs or something and like, she says all these awful things. This kid is like eight. Yeah. And you could see that he, and he keeps, she keeps saying like, don't lie. And after like increasingly upping the stakes of how scary and powerful and awful she could be. And then he keeps saying, yes, I am a good boy. <laughs> And she's like, good, because I'm going to watch you for the rest of your life. So you better keep being a good boy. And I'm like, that's what you got to do, man. If you're not going to eat them, you got to scare them into submission.
1: Yeah, you got to get those boys early. Age. Tell them not to harass women. Tell them to be a good boy and just put the fear of God in them that they're going to be constantly watched.
0: <laughs> no more of this boys will be boys bullshit. Yeah. I'm so fed up of that. I hate that.
1: Boys will be terrified because they'll die if they do anything bad. That's the That should be the new slogan. <laughs>
0: And that's how she gets her really cool skateboard. Yes,
1: she's now the skateboarding vampire.
0: Amazing, booyah!
1: I also like that it comes up later on when um, she's dumping uh, Hussein's body, and she she dumps it just outside the window of the boy. So and he, he like sees her, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He like looks outside, and it's this vampire that's been stalking him, leaving a body outside of his window. And then later,
0: uh, when Arash is like, "Did you see who did it?" He's like, "No, no,
1: I don't, I don't know, no, I don't." <laughs> I don't.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then my last point is that I really loved the scene of um, Arash going to her home. I was a surprised that she invited him into her actual living space. And it was um, the walls are covered in famous album covers And she's got music playing. There's the big
1: picture of Michael Jackson. The famous (laughs) one with the white suit and him leaning. Yep. Yeah.
0: And there's a disco ball on. And they, like, don't even talk. They, like, kind of talk, but there's, like, not much. So much is happening without so much happening. It's hard to explain without you being able to see it.
1: It's all done through visual acting.
0: And they just get so close to each other, but they don't kiss. And they, like, you can just feel the intimacy. And it's so good to look at. I just (laughs) really liked it.
1: It's also interesting because like in that scene, she's so vulnerable because there's like, now there's a guy in her house, her her, like secret house basically. And they frame him as almost like the vampire because she's standing in front of her record player, not looking at him. And the scene is him like slowly moving toward her from behind. And it looks like he's a vampire because he's dressed like Dracula. Yeah. With his silly cape. And then when she goes to bite his neck, she stops and instead listens to his heart, which is so romantic. Yeah. Cause she's a vampire. So it's like extra connection because she can hear the blood flowing through his body, but uh, does not take it.
0: You can just feel the electricity and there's not even a kiss.
1: They also do a cool thing because he like spins the disco ball and it creates like these speeding lights in the room. Yeah. That slow down for a little bit like they're naturally slowing down, but then as he gets closer they unnaturally speed up, which makes the scene look even more romantic.
0: It's all happening in just a moment.
1: It was very well done.
0: I loved it. This was such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's all my points.
1: Aww. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and audience feedback survey
0: we have an audience feedback survey holy cow
1: we would really appreciate you filling it out
0: this is the last week to do it so please submit your answers at bit.ly das survey 2019 it really 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 would mean a lot to me i've been reading every response we get thinking about it and we've already started implementing changes it's your
1: last chance This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by Nobody, who provided nothing. Although we do want to give a shout out to Mad Lab, because this second season in a row they have given us one of everything in their entire repertoire of alcohol. We so. have
0: secret new stuff that we can't talk about yet, but we have two bottles of their most recent edition, and I cannot wait. Which
1: we have, we can't even tell you because we—I didn't sign an NDA, so technically I could, but. But we're good people. I feel here. like if I don't, if I do say something, then they won't give us more alcohol. So secrets. <laughs>
0: another way you can help out the show is heading to our Patreon. Becoming a patron gives you lots of cool stuff. You get um, you get cocktail recipes, you get cool swag. I made stickers and magnets and buttons and all of the stuff that you get by being a patron is made with our love.
1: Yes. And sweat, tears, and blood.
0: Blood. But if you become a patron this month All of our Patreon donations, all the pledges get matched by us with our own money. And we're donating all of it to WAVA, Women Against Violence Against Women, a Vancouver charity that fights sexualized violence.
1: Because we don't we don't have vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, we'd pick a vampire charity. I think WAVA would probably hire vampires if they could. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, very true. Mm hmm. To fight violence against women. That's the whole point. That was my joke. Fight violence with violence. With vampires. No, you're, what you really have to do is dismantle the patriarchy. With vampires. <laughs> All of these things can be done with vampires. Do you want my points? I do. Yes. Good. Great. Awesome. Please tell me. Uh, so my first point is that I didn't actually fully know what this movie was about until literally last week when we looked up what the full title was and I peeked at the summary and it says a vampire stalks at night and I'm like wait a minute because when I first heard about this movie I thought it was an Iranian movie about like a woman literally going home at night and maybe not being safe or whatever like Mm. everything around this movie made me think that it was about like a woman not feeling safe in her neighborhood or something. Yeah. And like following this woman's story. And I even, I even listened to a bunch of movie reviews about it and they did such a good job of like talking about the tone and the pacing and the cinematography and lighting and like a a significant scene in the movie. But never once did I ever hear anybody say anything about her being a vampire. So I almost wish that I didn't know that. Because when she bites the singer off, you'd be like, whoa. Well, the moment that like Saeed is talking to her and then her teeth come out, I feel like I would have like lost my shit at that point.
0: That's fair. You kind of still did, even though you knew.
1: Yeah. It's not like they marketed the movie hiding the fact that she was a vampire. In that trailer we watched, it specifically shows that she's a vampire. And
0: I I am actually a bit surprised because looking at the cover, it feels like a vampire movie.
1: I don't know. It could have also been like a woman empowerment movie?
0: It she, is also that.
1: Cuz she's it looked like she's in like traditional garb. I was like, "Oh, maybe it's about her not feeling safe because of her nationality or something." I don't know. That's fair. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything. Yeah. So, I'm not saying the movie was ruined. It was it was great. I just it would have been cool to, to have that be a surprise? Yeah. Yeah. Uh my second point is that surprisingly the music in this movie is extremely on point.
0: I was surprised at how much range there was.
1: Yeah, it's like it makes sense now looking at it that it was meant to be a Western because a lot of Arash's scenes were scored with like classic Western style music Mm. with a lot of like brass and um, yeah, like (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But it was like a lot of brass and like simple strings and stuff like that. And it makes you feel very it makes it feel kind of like adventurous whenever, especially when he gets the drug drug money and he feels more free. It's like this free Western, like like Wild West style music. But then with like Saeed um, and with the girl and stuff, it's all very modern. Like Saeed's music Super is like modern. club pumping music. Yep. And like the entire scene of him being murdered is set to this like really rhythmic club music, which makes it seem like unnatural and sort of like contrasted, I guess. And then a lot of her music is like classic poppy music.
0: Yeah. I can't remember if they they ever played a song that I recognized, but it still felt so familiar.
1: Yeah. Which was really cool. And it was a lot of, I think it's, they used a lot of actually like Iranian bands as well or groups. Yeah. So it's music that I don't personally know. Yeah. So it doesn't feel, it's not like they're playing fucking Britney hey, Spears yeah. or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> So it makes it very easy to be immersed while having like a modern feel to it. Yeah.
0: And I there's something about how it was shot in black and white that just makes it feel like old timey.
1: Yeah. To
0: me. Or I don't, Timeless. Yeah.
1: I always hate when people do black and white just for the sake of doing black and white. I feel like it needs a reason. hmm. And. The black and white in this, it, it it also worked as like a vampire movie because being black and white makes it feel darker. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But you love, do not, my friends, become addicted to water.
1: Well, Mad Max was intended to be black and white. But why? For the high contrast and because it is also kind of a Western. <laughs> oh, uh, like the, I helped
0: you prove your point. You're welcome. Like the director
1: of Mad Max <laughs> intentionally colored the movie to be extremely high contrast with the intent of being black and white to modern art on modern audiences and probably production company just didn't let it go through. And I still want a copy of black and chrome because <laughs> I want to watch that movie. And apparently you can watch an orchestral black and white version of that movie where there's no dialogue. It's all just music and in black and white. And that sounds incredible. And I want it. I
0: activated Kelly's trap <laughs> card.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I felt it worked very well for this movie, especially with like the slow pace and stuff. It You didn't really need the color.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And I almost feel like having the gore be more gory with color probably would have taken away from like the romantic notion of the movie.
0: Yeah, it was like you. There was no doubt how powerful the girl was and like she would kill anyone in a second if she had to. But she's so endearing. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And she wears a striped shirt, which makes her seem a little bit like hipster. indie. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. My third point is that the dad is Ranjit from How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Holy cow. That's it. I, I thought he was like as I was watching it, but he's definitely older and they made him look like a drug addict. Yeah. And there was a scene, though, when he's dressed up in the park wearing like this hat that I was like, wait a minute. That kind of looks like Ranjit. And then I looked it up afterward, and it is.
0: So there that, was something familiar about it, but I couldn't place it, because I've only seen How I Met Your Mother once. hmm And um,
1: he is actually like a classic actor. He does a lot of stuff beside How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. But I've literally only ever seen him in that. And I've seen him in this. <laughs> there you go. What a what a range. What a range.
0: And they're both a romance.
1: I mean, I don't know what Ranjit <laughs> is doing when he's not driving, so... Mm. he's got all that Barney money and my final point and I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention it but the cat in this movie adds so much tension to any scene that like a villain is in
0: I blocked it out of my mind, I swear to God. Because, like... The cat doesn't die.
1: No, but but they make you think he's going to die almost any scene that he's in. So many
0: times. Oh, my God. When
1: Saeed uh, confronts Hussein and picks up the cat and is, like, looking at Arash, and you're like wait, is he going to kill the cat to make a point? Yeah. Then he's like, oh, what a fun boy. And then puts him down. You're like, oh, thank God. Or when the dad is...
0: Yeah, when the dad's in his like drug-induced rage.
1: He like looks at the cat thinking that it's his wife and starts yelling at him. And it's like, are you going to hurt that cat? Please do not hurt that cat.
0: And you know this movie is about a woman killing evil men. So if they killed a cat, they would definitely deserve to be killed. And I just (laughs) didn't want that to happen. But it didn't.
1: And we usually look up if there's animal violence in a movie. But I
0: didn't today. No. Or not today when we watched it. And immediately in that first scene when he picked up the cat, whose name I forget now.
1: Um, yeah, I don't was remember.
0: credited in the credits and it was adorable.
1: It was like Masco or something like that. That sounds
0: almost right. It definitely started with an M. I don't anyway. know.
1: the cat didn't have a name. The actor cat had a name. Yeah. But, um,
0: oh, I was so you're so right though that stakes were high for me watching this movie.
1: I didn't even think about it either. Like the last one that I think we did was um, I looked up for John Wick three because I know that that movie's all about dog violence, at least the first one. Yeah,
0: I would not go. I saw John Wick one and then the dog died and then I just left., yeah. I didn't it wasn't in the theater. It was in my house, but yeah, no I do
1: like the idea of you walking out of the theater though when the dog dies. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Like those people who watched Hereditary or uh, Midsummer and then left after 10 minutes. Yeah, that was cool. But uh, yeah, I didn't even think I didn't know there was a cat. Again, I didn't know there was a vampire. So how the fuck was I supposed to know there was a cat in this movie? <laughs> um, I didn't put this in my points, but I thought of it while we were talking as I was thinking of different scenes. Yeah. But like the cinematography in this movie is incredible. And they I,
0: made dead bodies look like trash. <laughs>
1: But even just like the blocking, I read a little bit of someone else's review. I can't remember who it was, but they use horizontal lines to show the division between the uh, characters and their environment. So anytime that like a rash is moving through the city, it's filmed in such a way that he looks very like separated from the city. Oh. And they, they cut a lot of the scenery using like natural lines. So in the scene where he's moving or when he's walking with the cat, there's like a hard Dutch tilt and it uses the bridge line to basically make this like hard division between Arash and the rest of the city behind him, um, which then further made me think of when they actually use vertical lines to bring things together. So when Arash is moving towards the girl, everything is very vertical, and it felt more like they were coming together rather than being separated. That's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, actually, this makes me think of they used... I. I'm not sure what filter it is. Now that I'm working more in film, the I'm, lens. I'm trying to get into like really learning uh, about like lenses and filters. But they had something that made the edges of all of the screen kind of blurry.
1: Oh, yeah. It's almost like a fisheye? All fish the eye. time, yeah. It's kind of like a fisheye or like a mosaic or something. Yeah.
0: But there was a moment when Said is in his home with the girl and she's on the edge. I think it was in their home. And she looks just like the cover. Oh, yeah.
1: Where they somehow image. like fucked up her face with the blur that it she actually so looked like the cover. so cool. I wonder which came first. Like, they must have done that shot and then made the art for the cover to look like yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Because, oh, it was awesome. Because
1: her eyes are like blacked out and she looks like a vampire. Super cool. And then when... Addie, when Addie is dancing, you like pointed out that they used glamour lens to make everything look very sparkly. and
0: Oh, yeah. Glimmer glass. Glimmer
1: glass. That's what it's that's called. That's a
0: filter. Yeah. So that uh, it's interesting. It helps you like everything seems like ethereal and like a halo around everyone almost. And like skin looks brighter. Yeah. and It's literally a piece of glass that has glitter like sparkle in it. But then you don't see Sparkle. It's so, film is so weird. weird. (laughs) How does it work? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Um, I was also thinking of the scene just after Arash and the girl are together uh, with the transgender woman dancing in like the empty lot with the with the balloon. Yeah. And I couldn't find any actual analysis of what that scene was about. But I even in the moment, I was thinking that either it was supposed to be like a cutaway from them being intimate, like either they couldn't be intimate. So they had to they put a scene in that was like this woman dancing with a balloon and kind of like a very not seductive, but like, yeah,
0: they're waltzing to together waltzing. way.
1: Yeah. Or it was a contrast to the like solemn, sad nature of the rest of the movie where it's like now that they've come together, it's very happy. So let's have a scene of somebody having fun in a back lot with a balloon waltzing together. But it definitely creates this like hard cut between like the very solemn romance to this very like energetic and happy scene. And I
0: I like the queerness of it too.
1: Yeah. Which also could have probably been to be like the queerness of their relationship. Or I was going to say just to be another contrast Mm. is that this person otherwise is like outside of the norm of the rest of the people in the movie and they're dancing with a balloon like everything about that scene is very different from the rest of the movie yeah
0: that's what i meant by queer like yeah it's like mm-hmm.
1: a it's like a reward you're happy you get to be happy for a little bit to watch this <laughs> dance before we go back into being sad with the drug dad and the the pimp and not being able to love each other
0: it was pretty awesome watching the pimp die though i got to say
1: yeah it was pretty good i like that part yeah are you Anyways, ready
0: that, for some scaredy facts some what some
1: Scary facts. So, are you ready? I mean, I got to tell people what scaredy facts are. <laughs>
0: tell them. Tell them.
1: So if you're just tuning in and I don't know why you would be in this episode. Hi. <laughs> but our scaredy facts section is where Shaw and I inject our own relationship into the podcast. We always go to the trivia section of IMDb after watching a scary movie so that we can learn all the behind the scenes and also sometimes it helps Shar sleep if the movie is extremely scary to know the trivia about it.
0: And it's so fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a good time. All the goofs, all the Starbucks all, st- all the <laughs> Starbucks cups that were left in the scene. Um so now we've we do that in our podcast yeah. where after a horror movie, we rattle off the trivia facts.
0: We try to do it where either the person who knows the most about the film does it or uh, we flip back and forth. But Kelly had a very busy time.
1: I did. I was very busy this week. So it's
0: did scary facts again. So you get another treat from me. <laughs> Starting with the gross USA, which was four hundred and ninety one thousand nine hundred and ten dollars nice. i don't actually know what the budget was probably not that high no uh, it's an indie film so definitely small budget but yeah their cumulative worldwide gross is only five hundred and forty six thousand hmm. um which is so like sad more people need to know about this movie it is amazing go watch it yes go pay money to watch it at independent theaters
1: or don't watch it. And then we get to be cool because we're hip and watch movies that nobody else watches. <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to start off by saying that this was actually um, Amir Poor's short film that she ex- had already finished. And then she expanded it into this feature length
1: movie. Oh, cool.
0: Um, after really loving that idea that she started off with. And. This is the director, uh, Anna Lily Rapport. She kind of looks like the actress who plays the girl, Sheila Vand. Um, so she actually is in the film. She performs all the skateboarding sequences. Oh, cool. Um, for all the long shots where you actually see the girl skateboarding. Yeah. And it's because she's, a, she's like basically a professional skateboarder. Nice. She's a lifelong skateboarder. So that was really, really cool.
1: Can you play her in Tony Hawk's uh, Three or Tony Hawk <laughs> Underground? Can you play her in any of the Tony Hawk's?
0: I don't, th- I don't I'm putting words <laughs> in my own mouth about how I said she was professional, but you know what I mean, like very highly skilled. Yes, um,
1: definitely enough to skateboard straight down a, a road. So which she-
0: <laughs> I cannot do. No, I can't Skateboarding is so
1: hard. <laughs> Anyone that's able to do that is miles above what I can do. I stare
0: at you every time it passes. You, the general you
1: of skateboarders.
0: (laughs) Um, Also, you said this scaredy fact already, but it's the first vampire story to be set in Middle Eastern setting. Yes.
1: Even though it was filmed in California.
0: Don't steal my scaredy facts
1: from me. Oh,
0: I forgot. I wrote the cat's name. The cat's name is Masuka.
1: What was did that I what you say? Said? I was close.
0: I can't remember. I may have said like
1: Masoka or something.
0: But yeah. Um, originally the cat wasn't actually in the script. But somehow Amir saw this cat and was, I quote, impressed by his skills. So she put him in the film.
1: Maybe he was he was doing like a one cat show off Broadway or something. <laughs> she went to like uh like an art house scene and saw this cat and they're like their black and white indie film. Yeah. And she just had to work with that cat, talk to the agent, got in touch with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another interesting thing having to do with the director is that she appears in the film again as Shirin, who's the girl uh, at the rave with the skeleton makeup that's next to the gardener daughter.
1: Yeah, she's the one that suggests... Giving Arash the Drugs. ecstasy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but she's not actually quoted or not quoted, credited in the credits as a named character. She's just credited as Skeleton Party Girl.
1: I mean, I'll, the the main character of this movie is not given a name. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I just thought it was Skeleton ingesting. Party
1: Girl is the best that she should have gotten.
0: Yeah. Now, this fact I'm actually really intrigued by because you didn't notice it. But on the when you're in the girls' bedroom, there's like three instantly recognizable posters of uh, albums, which are uh, the Bee Gees, Michael Jackson, and uh, Madonna. And yet, it's not actually Michael Jackson's poster. Oh, yet, really? Or Madonna? It's deliberately made to look like that uh, album cover, but it's not. It's like a somebody else, and Whoa. they did that so that it would. Make this, like unsettling atmosphere in her bedroom,
1: weird. Yeah. That, like everything was black market versions of the album covers, yeah. And weird. then
0: again, the director's featured in this scene because she's there's a small poster of a girl holding Christmas lights in front of her eye. And um that's the director again. nice. <laughs> and my last scary fact. I'm so sorry. I couldn't find too many of them. Uh, I searched far and wide, but this is slightly similar to our lovely automotive expert and gun expert. (laughs) Maybe it's the
1: same person.
0: It's not as direct to the point though. It's so I don't think so, but it says, Although the movie is set in the Iranian ghost town Bad City, two locomotives from the California area are seen at the power plant after the girl gets her ears pierced. Two engines, one marked CFX 3048 and one marked Rail Link RLK 2121, are seen pulling some GATX Corporation cars. Both of these trains, our normal area of operations, would be in California.
1: I imagine it would be hard for an indie film to import Iranian (laughs) locomotives. So I think just the effect of having trains going in the background is probably enough.
0: Yeah, because they are going to run away together. Yeah,
1: it's that symbolism of the the jumping on the train car and leaving town.
0: (gasps) You should mention, we didn't mention when they're in that scene and he talks about the mountain.
1: Oh, yeah. He like, it sounded like it was from an actual poet, but when she says that she's done bad things... He says something along the lines of, if you know that a storm is coming up behind the mountains. Does uh, it change
0: anything? Yeah.
1: And which is a really cool line because it's like, he wants to appreciate her as she is now, regardless of if something bad is coming up, basically. Yeah. Or at least that's how I interpreted it.
0: Or in the past. Yeah. Like it's in her past. But, but they that would be, be more together. like the,
1: the storm is leaving. Maybe that's what I meant. But yeah, regardless, I think it was supposed to be like, regard, like, Ignoring the bad stuff, I want to appreciate the mountains for what they are. Yeah, or at least what I can see of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's it. That's all my scaredy facts. Yay! Do you have a final thought for me?
1: Uh, yes, I do. It's a real one this time. I promise. Um, mm. so I don't actually watch too many art house movies. I'm one of those people that I I always feel bad because I want to watch more movies, but then at the end of the day, I want to watch something that I've seen already because it's comfortable.
0: The Office.
1: Yeah. But when I do watch movies like this, I inevitably turn into that jackass who always tells everybody else that they should watch it. Like <laughs> um, Only God Forgives is one of my biggest ones. If you haven't seen Only God Forgives, you should go watch it because <laughs> it's great. Guess what? what? Haven't seen that. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, I'm leading you down the track. I started with Drive. Then we watched *Place Spawn the Pines. And then I feel like the next logical step as far away from Ryan Gosling's normal acting (laughs) is to get down into Only God Forgives where it gets really weird.
0: Is that Ryan Gosling too?
1: Yeah. That's
0: funny. (laughs) I want you to watch Crazy Stupid Love.
1: That has Ryan Gosling in it. (laughs) Is it him playing like a normal human being? Yes. Cool. <laughs> then maybe we should watch Only God Forgives first and then just like detox with Ryan Gosling <laughs> playing a normal functional fucking human being. Uh, but my point being is that now A Woman Walks Alone at Home. <laughs> a Woman Walks Home Alone at Night will now be another art house movie that I tell everyone else they have to watch. Yeah. Even though it took me like eight years, wait, six years. To actually watch it.
0: Which is basically my point. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Which is
0: literally the first line of it says,
1: more people need to see this movie. You hear that? People listening to this podcast? Go
0: watch it. I think it was on Netflix for a little bit. Was it? I do recognize
1: the silhouette being on Netflix for a while.
0: Yeah. So it'll come back. And when it does, you got to watch it. It's more of a romantic thriller, I guess I would call it, than a true horror movie. It's a
1: Western movie.
0: Which, but it's so endearing. It is, and I normally don't like westerns, so I th- that's. I think that's why I'm hesitant to call it a western because I like did so much.
1: I mean, I'll be, I'll, uh, I'll harness the the friend of the podcast, Bill and Matt Emery, and say that every movie is a western. <laughs> There's only one genre, and that genre is western.
0: But I just really loved how you can see how strong their relationship grows so quickly. It's like teen romance almost, but in a genuine way. It's like the level it grows is as fast as teen romance, but then it's also like marriage yeah, right away. But like good marriage, like not even ring marriage. You just know you're together I trust forever. you even though you
1: killed my dad.
0: <laughs> and there's just... It's, it's their relationship is their bond is so strong even though they don't have any like they have physical intimacy in the sense of like being near to each other he like embraces her when he's high
1: and he pierces her ears that's Im- intimate
0: yeah but there i guess that's true he's literally penetrating her
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't like the first one cuz it hurt but then she trusted him to do the second one and it was fine
0: yeah um but no it was just uh
1: it's so also good. never made clear if he ever finds out if she is a vampire
0: he knows that she killed her dad though yeah
1: but he doesn't know the supernatural element of it
0: yeah not yet i'm sure it'll come up drive is a western what
1: drive is a western no it it is it's (laughs) got all of the components of a western
0: it's not in the
1: west it doesn't matter (laughs) i mean technically iran is very west from us depending which direction (laughs) you're looking
0: i just find westerns are about cowboys
1: Oh, oh, definitely not. Yeah. Western is a genre of movie far beyond cowboys. <laughs> I'm sure some of your romantic comedies have the same narrative structure as Westerns. Bridesmaid, that's definitely just a Western. Or Maid of Honor? What's the one with Patrick Dempsey? Yeah, Maid of Honor. Maid of Honor is probably just a Western. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give me your wrap-up sentence.
1: Well, that's been A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, a movie about... A girl walking home alone at night.
0: Next week we'll be watching Carrie!
1: Woo! Wait, which one? The original or the new one?
0: I didn't put a leader. Oh, Jesus.
1: It's going to be a surprise for so everybody. who
0: knows? Maybe I'll ask our patrons.
1: Which one do you want us to watch?
0: <laughs> I feel like, no. I think I'm going to make an executive decision because I've seen the remake. I want to see the original.
1: Yeah. And i read the book. It's also a Western.
0: Oh, my God. Shut up about <laughs> Westerns.
1: Shut up about
0: Westerns. Shut up
1: about the sun. Shut
0: up about the sun. We love The Office here on this Drinking and Screaming podcast. And remember, always scream responsibly.
1: Bye.